0: it's blood it's not gimmicks or tricks it's the blood of the lamb and if you were here last week you know this is no time to waste or to fool around we have to have something supernatural that's going to carry us through not intellectualism, not talent, not ability not know-how We're going to have to have the precious blood of Jesus Christ to protect us and help us and guide us and restore us and redeem us. But you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold received from your vain tradition from your fathers, but you were redeemed with the precious blood of Christ. He was a lamb without blemish and without spot. Amen. Come on, clap your hands up. but we'll see. I'm up against um, a reclassification of definitions. You, you don't have to uh, pay attention to the news or uh, read too much to know that The Western culture, specifically the Western culture, this doesn't happen in other parts of the nations in the world, but in the Western culture, we are up against the redefining of everything. So terms don't mean what they used to mean. and Titles don't denote what they used to denote. I'm not a traditionalist. That's not why... I'm the way I am I'm, a, I'm an original <laughs> so I, I'm not espousing a political position I espouse a biblical view now if the biblical view happens to land on one side or the other who knows how many sides there are that's fine but it's based upon the scripture it's not based upon what's happening currently because sometimes we're we're we're, we're in and sometimes we're out. Sometimes it, our position is congruent with whoever's in charge and sometimes we're alienated. But the longer this world goes and the farther we get, we're all going to be like Moses who has a son and he calls him Gershom. And the name of Gershom means I'm an alien in a strange land. I don't belong here. And until you realize this is not your home, that's your home. You, you fall under a different banner and a different law. Heaven is your home. You can get sucked into all this stuff that's happening here. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to say with the word. I'm going to stay under the blood. But, so I have to. <laughs> I feel like it's a long preface and qualification just to let you know I, I have to use some terms today. But I use them in their original form. Not in this current form. I don't identify as anything (laughs) I don't know what that means I just am in fact I I go a little further I'm hidden Christ nevertheless I live yet not I but Christ lives within me and I live by the faith of the son of God who loved me he loved me and he gave himself for me amen amen. Praise God. You know, when you're just standing up for what's right, what's true, and what's original, there's there's a spiritual element to that, and there's always a fight in the spirit world. Now, you may not be able to feel it, but I've been feeling it for a long time now. It's intensifying, and I just ask all the saints to say amen. We believe the word of God. Come on, someone say amen. We believe that God is true. Come on, can somebody say yes? Let God be true and every man a liar. Somebody say yes. All right. Matthew chapter 12. So don't get off track here. Don't let your brain kind of malfunction. Stay with the word. And I'll use terms and you'll get it. If you, if, you have a, if you have a pocket full of sarcasm, leave it in your pocket. If you got a little vial of criticism, just you can dump that out now. We're going we're to look at the word of God. Just so everyone knows there's only one heaven. The blood bought are going there. <laughs> Oh man, I'm gonna start messing around here, and we'll never get out of this place. Matthew chapter twelve. I want to read three verses. I'm I'm stepping into the the narrative here. I'll I'll come back to it. While he yet talked to the people, he meaning Jesus behold his mother and his brethren after Jesus was born Mary and Joseph had many more children she had sons other sons and daughters by way of Joseph it's very likely from um, the writing of Josephus and historical accounts that Joseph was much older than Mary and he would have passed away we're not finding him When Jesus was 30, we're not finding Joseph. Um, The scripture does not uh, give us a declarative of his death, but he's not in John 2 and 3. He's not at Cana at the wedding, and he's not here. Joseph is absent after the second year of uh, the life of Jesus Christ. So we're not really sure uh, he only makes one more appearance, um, and that's in, that's in the hustle and bustle of then trying to find Jesus. As In three days, he finally found him at the temple. Now, Jesus was 12, so he's absent from, from birth, and then there's two, and then there's 12, and then we don't know. But we do know that that Jesus had other brothers. They were half-brothers, and some of them were followers of him. And we do know that his mother was there, not only here, but also at the cross. She was there in view of the cross of Calvary. How we, that was just one verse. We, we got to go on. You got to know this stuff. You just don't read the Bible. You have to know what is the context of it. So his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak with him. Then one said unto him, someone came and said to Jesus, Behold, thy mother and thy brethren stand without desiring to speak with you. But Jesus said, he answered with a question, Who is my mother? Amen. Who are my brethren? So I speak today. Who is my mother? Don't be concerned. I know who you are and I know my little mama I got that obviously we're somewhere else in the name of Jesus we pray in the name of Jesus we pray I want brother McLeod to come and I want him just to pray over this congregation and I want him to pray the prayer of faith over us I want us to lift up our hearts our hands and our spirits in Jesus name
1: Lord Jesus, right now, upon the authority of Your Word and by the power that is in Your sovereign and holy name, I pray that You would speak a clear word. I pray that miracles, signs, and wonders would confirm the Word of the Lord today. Everything that's not of You, that's influencing our minds and our hearts, that's influencing our homes and this church, we take authority right now in the name of Jesus Christ, and we say it has to go. It has to go now upon the authority of your blood, the authority of your name, the power we have through the Holy Ghost. We command it to go right now. We know this is a holiday, but this is a holy moment, and I pray your divine will would be done right now. I pray you would open the windows of heaven. I pray angels would ascend and descend. I pray there would be a divine unction upon our pastor. I pray, Lord, that there would be a supernatural witness in this moment to what you're speaking and what you're doing. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we say, let it be done now. Would you shout unto the Lord with a voice of triumph?
0: Thank you, and you may be seated The darkest time in history is the moment when children perish. Either by way of war or disease, deliberate or accidental, the death of children. Cripples the spirit of all who remain. David laid in the dirt for seven days as his son lay dying. There was no comfort for his broken heart. For that moment, at least, the imminent death of his son caused him to abandon the pleasures and confines of his throne. Kingship meant nothing in relation to the judgment he brought upon himself, they could not stir him or woo him or even console him. He lay in sackcloth and ashes in the dirt because he knew that his son would die. The thousands of Jewish children which died in World War II were joined by thousands of other children from Europe. And the nations that were at war. It has been said that if you save a child, you save a nation. These numbers, while tragic and horrific, they pale in comparison to the 60 million deaths of unborn babies in America. The count is even more staggering when you consider the abortions in China, Western Europe, Canada, and many more places. The infamous reputation of destroying life makes us wonder how many would-be physicians, chemists, athletes, songwriters, architects, inventors, physicists, scientists, leaders, teachers, composers that never had a chance to make it into this world and make our world a better place. The number commonly accepted over the last five decades is staggering. Conservatively, perhaps over 300 million babies have been aborted. The family suffers, the community, the town, city. Everyone grieves, even those far removed, disassociated by personal connection or distance, often feel the pain. When one child is killed in an accident, some car accident, some shooting, some gunned down thing, I describe this most real and devastating truth in hopes to arrest our attention to the reality of a time long spent. It's of Pharaoh and Pharaoh's deranged sense of justice and security. This isn't the first time that children have been slaughtered. The killing of innocent babies did not suddenly occur in the last 100 years of history. Pharaoh, thousands of years ago, oversaw this project all by himself. At some point, this new king of Egypt... Looked out to the land and saw the growth of the Hebrew people. Their population rate was increasing at an alarming rate. It frightened him. And not knowing the salvation brought to them by Joseph and thinking to secure his nation, Pharaoh ordered the execution of every son born to the house of a Hebrew family. Fear is a dominating force. Fearful leaders do irrational things to maintain themselves even at the cost at the vulnerable, Pharaoh ordered the execution of the baby boys it 's in your Bible. Sons were to be slaughtered, they were to be killed and thrown into the Nile. Pharaoh did not want an army of men rising up to overthrow him, so he demanded their death at the water 's edge. Jacobed was one of those Hebrew mamas. And when Moses was born, she hid him from the eyes and hands of the Egyptian soldiers passing by. But the Bible says that the span of about three months, she could no longer hide him. The cries of a three-month-old baby boy could not be kept silent. Her hand, gently covering his whimpering lips, proved insufficient. It was time for a new plan. I don't know what hope Jacobet had. During those three months of the life of Moses, surely the pros and cons of releasing him must have been a gut-wrenching experience. It out of bulrushes and put him inside, much like the Ark of Noah. She secured it with pitch to keep the water from seeping and and that little ark sinking down into the water. Here's your Bible. When she could no longer hide him, she took him an ark of bulrushes and daubed it with slime and with pitch, and she put the child therein, and she laid it in the flags by the river's edge. That small ark for one was secure enough, and then with her own hand, she sent it afloat down the very waters that was the graveyard for so many other Hebrew boys. What mother would do that? What would a mother then do to save her own child? What lengths would any of you go to save your own son or your own daughter? Procreation is a function of the human body. We all get that. But motherhood is a willful action. Motherhood has a depth unlike anything. There are no comparable emotions sufficient to describe its likeness. Men, in all of our power and strength... The protective nature of a man. Still, we've never felt the heartbeat inside of us. We've never given birth to that baby. We don't really know. Our natural instinct is to protect. But there's nothing like the emotion of a mama. So what would she do? To what extent would she go to save her child? Jacobed is weighing it out. It's on the scales. She's trying to figure it out, perhaps toiling. She is toiling. She's struggling where Moses will have the greatest chance of survival. It's not in her home. She figures it out. It's not in his little crib, in his bed, and certainly it's not in her arms. Think now. Think of the moment. The soldiers are coming. They are marching, and death is approaching. The days of hiding him are over. He needs a place to be. The greater chance of survival demands a location, a fixed location somewhere else. So, what are her limitations? What is the cost to save him? Some mothers have sacrificed their bodies pulling their children out of burning houses and fires. Some have given their children the remaining food right out of their hands while the mama withered away and starved to death. Some stood in front of dangers of all sorts, took the brunt meaning for their children. Some mamas have taken the blows of their drunken husbands. instead of letting the children take the blow for them and they said oh no i'll take the wound i'll take the bruise i'll take the broken bones but you're not gonna hurt my baby that's right sometimes i think church, we find these subjects off limits. We don't want to talk about real life, but it's happening all around our city and all around our state and all around our county and all around our nation. And I think just because we've come to church, don't we should not put on this idea that perhaps uh, none of these things happen. We got to get real. We got to change our environment. Something's got to happen. Here's what the Bible says. Judgment begins first at the house of God. And if there's nothing in the house of God, if there's no standard of living in the house of God, the world won't know how to live. We got to start right here, right now. If you want to affect your nation, this is where you start, on your pew, in your home, with your hands, with your life, with your passion. I'm looking for a mama who is my mother. I found that a real mother has the same qualities wherever they come from. They will do whatever is possible to save their children they'll go to whatever lengths to save their babies they'll do anything to try to find their children if they're lost they'll give up all their pride if it means that they've got to find their children they'll lose themselves they don't care what you think because they're trying to save their children you let one of those babies run out to the middle of the street and they will they will kick off their heels they won't care what they're wearing they'll run to save them and grab them up i saw a mother grab her child The the tram was going by and that child darted out and almost got caught in the doors. And she lunged. She gave up her purse and her drink spilled on the floor. It didn't matter because something is more important than the drink and the purse and the things. And until we figure out all these things mean nothing, you got to save the baby. If you lose the baby, you got nothing. Um. Solomon was brought a dilemma. He once had to identify a real mother. The Bible says that two women had babies about the same time, and in the night, one of the babies died. It was a tragic thing. The grieving mother lost her child. She finds her child lifeless and cold. But she sees just beyond her, there's another baby. It's a living baby, and that baby's mama was sleeping. So she replaced her deceased child with the living child, now she's holding the living child. She switched them in the night, but the real mama got up and knew this is not my baby. It was such a dispute. No one could figure it out. What do you do now? Two women claiming one child. So it came all the way to the king's throne and into the king's courtyard, and he had to make a decision to determine which woman was the real mother. Perhaps... From his own hidden sheath, he drew his sharpened sword. The light is dancing off the blade. And then with a proclamation to the two women that stand before him and the baby that lay at his feet, he proclaimed fairness. And he said, we'll just cut the baby in half. One half will go to you and one half will go to you. We will kill that living child, but we'll divide it so that we can figure out who is the real mother. And that's when the real mama cried out, No! No! Don't do my baby any harm. Let her have him. Let her take him. But don't do the baby any harm. That is when the real mama was found because the real mother would rather live without her son than see harm come to him. She would rather give up and go without that to witness the destruction of that life of the innocence of that life even at her own loss even at her own hurt and i wish, wish it wasn't this way but there are women who have babies that care very little for their children not all are real mothers you can procreate but that doesn't mean you're a mama because a real mother makes a sacrifice of herself without any expectation of reward. She guides. She directs. She does it even with rebuttal. She'll save at the own, at her own cost of comfort. She'll do a real mama. Who is my mother? She'll give out of herself. She'll cry and weep over them. She'll give them the food that... that Could go somewhere else. She'll give up her blanket and her warmth. The real mother. The real mother looks beyond. She might not even have birthed them. She might have adopted them. She might have fostered them. But in her eyes, they are the love of her life and she will love them. It's a physical movement of Jesus found in Matthew 12. It's a little cloudy where he's going. He's found first in the grain fields. He has an encounter there and then on to the synagogue. But he he leaves that place and many will follow him to some other nondescript location. It must have been a building or a house because verse 46 tells us that Mary and the brethren, his brothers, are on the outside. It denotes that Jesus is teaching in some location. His mother and his brothers are waiting to speak to him. He is inside and they are outside. While he yet talked to the people, behold, his mother and his brethren stood without desiring to speak to him. Someone has come. Someone has come to send a word. There's no room to get to him. So oft was the case that Jesus would enter some place and people just packed and swarmed and stood on the outside trying to hear him. His family is waiting. They want to talk to the Lord. Jesus hears the message and he stands still. He replies, ...with what looks like a rhetorical question. Who is my mother, he said. Who are my brethren? There's a pause in the scripture. But no one offered to answer it. The obvious answer was certainly not the right answer. So they remained silent. And then Jesus stretched out his hand. Look, he stretches out his hand. Here's the Bible. His hand is forth toward his disciples. These men that are around him... And he says to those disciples, behold, my mother, behold, my family, for whosoever shall do the will of my father, which is in heaven, the same is my brother and sister and my mother, behold, my mother, who is my mother, behold, my mother behold my sisters and my brothers here is the definition of a mother whoever will do the will of the father the kingdom work behold my mother That is God's will. The disciples are called his mother and his brethren. Why? Because they were doing his work. They were spreading the gospel. They were reaching the lost. They were preaching the word. And the list goes on. Ladies and gentlemen, this is a God-breathed book. His will is found in the pages of this book. It is the infallible word of God. Without error, it will not pass away. And the Bible says, out of this book, the world will be judged in that final day. The church behold the church is the mother and to what lengths will the mother go to save the people around her? How much money will the mother spend? All of it. How much time will the mother spend to save people? All of it. How much prayer will the mother give? All of it. Effort and energy, blood, pain, trouble will a real mother go through to save her sons and her daughters? I say today, it is limitless or perhaps her limitation will only stop at the end of her life. We will work to reach every person in this city until the day that we die or the Lord comes back, but we're never going to stop. I'm not going to be silent, and I'm not going to be still. I'm going to preach. I'm going to sing. I'm a witness. I'm going to pray. I'm going to give. I'm going to sacrifice. Behold my mother. You don't look you don't look as pretty, Brother Morris, as Sister Tammy, but you are my mother, and you are my brother, and you are my sister. This is the family of God. Behold, my mother. You don't look like my, my, my wife, but you are my mother. You are the church. What will the church do? What lengths will the church go to reach a lost soul? What will you do? to reach one person heading to hell. We're too comfortable. We got too relaxed. We got too many nice lights, too many cushioned chairs. We were better when we were on the wrong side of the track. But we got a little uppity and we got some education and we got a few bucks in our pocket. But I want to say, we got to get back to hunger and we got to back to desire. We got to get back to desperate, desperate measures to reach the world. Let, 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 let me just share. Real mamas will fight for their kids. Sometimes they're even wrong. And they'll say, Oh, that couldn't have been my child. <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, n- the Diablo. <laughs> you can, you know, if that if that, that baby says, oh, I didn't do that, mama, you'll just, Oh, well, I, <laughs> am I going to believe that videotape or am I going to leave my, my child? Dad had a can of black spray paint. Where's my brother at? I need a little confirmation. Is he in this house somewhere? Is my brother here somewhere? Okay, he's not here. Had a black can of black spray paint, and my J's for Jeff, Jeffrey. They did they made this line, and then the hook, but the hook went way far up. It's a signature. And I I don't really remember all this, just little bits of it. I spray painted my name on the white siding of our neighbor's house. Now my mother said, Did you do that? No. <laughs> it wasn't me. I mean, it's a very distinctive four-year-old, five-year-old signature. They said, Jeffrey, are you sure that you did No way. Dad did not spank me because mama did not give him the okay. Let's wait. We got to wait. See if he'll come clean. Everybody knew the truth. I knew all I had to do was convince my mama. Mama's got this mechanism in them. They say no, it's no. I don't care if that is the only person in the world that can, that can write that J like that. Later that day or the next day, me and Scotty were riding our bicycles. I always knew Scott told the truth. He never told a lie. He said, you can tell me, Jeffrey. Yeah, I did. He turned his bicycle right around and went back and told my dad and my mom. And I just, I knew I was toast at that juncture. Don't ever tell him anything. Something about that mom. She going to hold up. A lot of mercy, a lot of grace shouldn't happen. It shouldn't happen. They don't deserve the grace. They don't deserve the mercy. But she's going to hold it out longer than you think it should be. She's going to say, I know they did wrong. But I, I'm not going to give up on them. There was a woman in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Her sons had done wrong. And they killed their, her sons and hung them. But the Bible says she laid on a, on a rock for several months protecting the lifeless bodies of her sons. And the Bible says she protected them from the ravenous beast and from the, and, and, and from the elements of, of the field. Because she knew, even though they did wrong, I'm not going to let the beast devour the rest of them. That's the heart of a mama. Her name was Rizba. And she said, I know my sons did wrong, but you're not going to take their bodies. You're not going to take them. Here's what Amos said. He woke up one morning. He had it. He saw in the tall tundra all the blood matted down. And there was a lion. He was looking for the sheep. He was looking for that little lamb. And he followed that bloodline until finally he sees the lion. And he sees elements of the lamb. And he reaches into the mouth of the lion. And he pulls out two. Two legs and a piece of an ear. Read in your Bible. Why would the shepherd do that? Here's why. Because he was not going to let the lion consume all of the sheep. He'll take whatever he can. He'll bring out whatever he can. That's the mother. The mother will fight for every last piece. Real mothers of the church. They seek the word of God. They follow the scripture. Hear me young ladies and young men. Middle aged men and middle aged women and whoever you are. <laughs> Here's the Bible. You'll have to deal with the scripture. If you don't like the scripture, talk to God. It's his book. I didn't write it. I just don't like when that preacher says that stuff. I'm reading from the Bible. It predates You are stinking thinking. Oh goodness. So offensive. Here's your Bible. Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. That's a pretty easy translation. Don't date somebody or have a relationship with somebody who doesn't believe in the same doctrine you believe in. You needed a mother? Here I am. I am your mother. This is your mother. I told you don't get sideways now. Because I'm battling definitions, but this is your mama. Here's your mother. Behold my mother. Anyone who's doing the work of God. Here's your mother. The worst thing you could ever do, young man, is to to date a girl who doesn't know the Lord and who's worldly and carnal. You're not going to save her because you didn't die for her. And the chances are, you're going to be as dumb as your great-grandfather, Adam. And you're going to eat whatever she brings. I know where you're at. You see, I know where your mind is. I think your mind ought, you better get this now. You better get it. The problem is nobody's standing in pulpits and preaching the word. We got feel good sermons. Our brains are all screwed up. We don't know what purity is. We don't know what honesty is. We've lost innocence. You, ain't, you didn't find that here today. Behold my mother. I am your mother. I'm going to talk to you like a mama. And if by chance you decide to marry someone who is not of the apostolic faith, you will have a a difficult time the rest of your life. I know this is hard to take, but it will be better for you to stay single than to marry the wrong person. I brought this today because I knew what was coming. And I said, Lord, I'm gonna, I, don't, I don't really know, this is just a token and an emblem, but I'm going to put this red cord like Rahab did over her house. I'm just going to put it right here on the pulpit so that I have to deal with all the nonsense of the people who are not pure in spirit, take things out of context, always thinking about the worst. I'm not going to sink to your lowest common denominator. That filth, nasty thing, our brains to the pure, all things are pure. But not to the carnal. All things are carnal. I thought this was Mother's Day. Yes, it is. Welcome to Mama's Day. This whole church is a mother. I am. Who? It, behold, behold my mother. Here you go. I don't look like a mama, but I'm going to tell you, I am your mother. <laughs> oh. Come on, son. I'll tell you what we're going to do. We're going to live a holy life unto the Lord. No, you're not going to go there. No, you're, gonna, you're not going to watch that. What's wrong with, our, with, with the mother of the church? What's wrong with the mother? The mother wants to pacify their children. Why? Because you're afraid of losing a relationship? You're about to lose them. You're about to lose them anyway, but you'll lose them to the worst thing. You ought to be toiling. I'm toiling today because I'm preaching to men here. Okay, daughter, come daughter. Listen, son. We have an exclusive doctrine, an exclusive name. See, real mamas fight for the salvation of their children because they're more interested in their kids getting into heaven than their kids getting into college. They're more interested in their kids getting a good relationship and having a good relationship with God Than their kids getting or having a good job. I've heard mamas and daddies brag about their sons and daughters having a good job, but they never said one thing about their walk with God. They want me to say, Whoa, I'm so proud of you. How much money are you making? Great. And you're lost? And you're backslidden? And you're far from God? And you're steeped in pornography? and you're dating someone and having a sexual relationship with someone that's, that, that you're not married to, and I'm supposed to say, wow, that's so great. No, no, no. I'm the mama, and the mama's got to stand up and say, no. i got to pull you from a burning fire. There's a world out there, and you've got to be saved. I, I, I oh real mamas are more into safeguarding than to exposing but there's a generation of people who say well i don't want my kids to be shocked by the world i'm already shocked and they ought to be shocked we ought to be appalled We ought to be appalled. What happened to the church? Come on, church, rise up. This is a holy house of God. You are supposed to be the saints and the joint heirs of faith. This is the commonwealth of faith. Let me tell you about mama. Mama's real mothers don't sit passive and applaud sinful activities. And for goodness sake, they don't give the thumbs up to debauchery and sinful and pornography and all that junk they don't sit quietly and watch the midnight hour approach while their sons and their daughters and the people, men, women, experiment with the world. No, they will forgo. They will even risk being alienated to rem- and, rem- and then, then to remain in the shadows while the devil steals the purity of their children and the people and the innocence of their daughters and the bodies. They stand vocal against sin. They stand against sensuality. Here I am against sexuality, against debauchery against profanity when was profanity acceptable with the children of god have you not read the scripture avoid profanity the bible says avoid addictions in every form of worldliness a real mother may not get her desired outcome but she would rather risk the perils of the river than turn her children over to the slaughter so i rise up to say this is going to be a holy house of prayer it's not a den of thieves it's not a community country club we're not coming to find out where we're going to eat afterwards this is going to be a house of prayer and god is the king I was recently told, very recently in the last four weeks, that if you preach strong preaching and you tell people not to shout, jump, dance, or run, you'll have more people come to the church. We got a big building coming and we're going to fill it. But it may not be people who are passive and carnal. I'm, I'm looking for everybody, but I'll tell you who I really want. I want someone who loves the Lord, who wants to serve God. I don't want a country. This is not Walmart. This is not... Hey! I got a hey! Hey! I got a motivation speech for you. Here's the motivation: We got to get to heaven. We've got to be saved. We've got to be healed. We've got to be blood bought. <laughs> oh. So I'll, I'll tell you what this mother's going to do. I'm going to speak in tongues over your life. I'm going to walk by you and put my hand on you. And I'm going to plead the blood of Jesus over you. Here's what this mom is going to do. I'm going to put a hedge around you. And if you're doing right, I'm going to put a hedge of protection. And if you're doing wrong, I'm going to pray a hedge of thorns. I'm going to pray that everything you do wrong, it will all work out poor. It will all work out bad until you turn to God and say, I'm tired of the, lying down with the pigs. I got to get back to the father's house. Don't mess with this. Somebody shout to God right now, wherever you are, just say, thank you, Jesus. I receive the word. want it to be old-time preaching or traditional preaching. I want it to be Bible preaching. Galatians 4 says, but Jerusalem, which is above, is free. You see, Jerusalem is the embodiment of the apostolic faith because that's when the church was birthed in Jerusalem. The church started in Jerusalem and Peter preached the first message that launched the church. So Jerusalem is the first mother that produced all all of those now denominations that we call Christianity, Jerusalem. And Jerusalem which is above <laughs> Now, that, that could mean location because it is, it is located in a mountainous range. But there's something else, I think, there. It's above all the other elements. Jerusalem is greater. It's, it's greater than governments and education and concepts and philosophies. And Jerusalem is above and, and Jerusalem is free. That means no one pays to get in. It's already been paid for you. And now the Bible says Jerusalem is above its free, which is the mother of us all. It's the mother of us all. So I'm not just preaching to the ladies here today. I I honor my mother and I honor my wife. I'm preaching to everybody who have produced natural born sons and daughters. And I'm preaching to everybody who are men and women in this house. I'm preaching to all the young people today. I'm preaching to the whole church today. So when Jesus asked, who is my mother? The answer is the church. We are the bride. We are the bride of Jesus Christ. And we're gonna stand for truth and holiness and godliness and righteousness in this present world. Some, I'm almost through. I'm not through, but just for the moment. Some sins are committed by action. And other sins are committed by omission. I knew what to say, I didn't say it. I knew what to do, I didn't do it. We knew what was right, but but we withheld. We wanted to speak, but we were fearful as whether or not we'd be accepted. And I ask you, is it better to be rejected, trying to save, than to be accepted, but seeing them lost? I want you to accept me. I really do. I, I, I it, it's nice even to know that someone likes me, or enjoys something. But I'm, I'm gonna go on. A, I'm gonna risk this today. I'm gonna risk you rejecting me. But I'm still going to preach you the truth. I'm gonna risk you saying I don't think I can find my place there. I'm gonna risk that. Than, than, than to just hold on to an to a emotional relationship just to pacify. Because I know the enemy's coming. I'm going to risk that. Because I know that if you'll receive it and accept it, it will save your life. Here's what James said. Verse 17 of James 4. Therefore to him that knoweth to do good... And doeth it not. That's omission. That means that there are some things you ought to be saying. You ought to be standing up for truth. And if you don't say it, that's also a sin. You don't think it's a sin because you said I didn't do anything wrong. Yes, you did. What you did wrong was you didn't speak when you ought to have been speaking. You ought to say, hey, listen, we're not going to go. You don't have to be ugly. You don't have to be mean. But what you have to do is say, no, no, we don't We don't talk like that. We don't live like that. We don't do that. We don't drink that. We don't go there. We don't. We don't treat people like that. You want to know how to have love? You just respect everybody and look at everybody with compassion and love and thank God that they're in front of you. But you've got to be able to open up your mouth and say, oh no. All right. I'm there. I'm not going to lose the children. I'm not going to lose the church. I'm not going to lose the saints. I'm not going to lose you. And if I do, it won't be because I didn't tell you the truth. I'm going to tell you the truth. Come out from among them and be ye separate, saith the Lord. Come on. Don't live like the world. The world is bankrupt. They need what we have. They want what we have. This world don't even know how to act. They don't even know how to act. We're, we're getting separated every which way. But in the church. The mother of us all. Ah. Uh, I just want you to, with your spirit, I just want you to open up your heart and your mouth and just receive right now the word of God. And I'm praying for all the people here today that are part of this bride. I want to encourage you. Come on, mama. Come on, mother. Come on, collective body of Jesus Christ. (sighs) Give the voice of direction. Make it intentional and purposeful. Give the voice of intercession a prayer and stand in the gap and build up a hedge. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I'm looking for some hedge builders here today. I'm looking for people who would stand in the gap today. And I'm not just looking for ladies or men or young people or our seniors. I'm looking for anyone who would build up the hedge and stand in the gap. And who would raise the banner of this powerful apostolic faith it's changing the world amen it's changing the world and so I'm asking all the congregation to stand but if but if you will if you will this week if you will this very week if you'll concentrate on a prayer for the saints of God and consider yourself worthy of to call on the Lord and to stand in the gap do not consider yourself or your inadequacies but you pray for all the people around you even where you're standing the Lord is in this house even where you are hallelujah in Jesus name in Jesus name come on mother come on who is my mother this altar is open I I need you that's right I I need you I need you I need you We're going to reach our city. We're we're hedge builders. Thank you, my brother. Yes, yes, yes. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Come on, out of your mouth, begin to call on God. We're going to do the work now. We're going to reach the lost. We're going to speak. Come on, I need all the saints to start calling on God. I need all the people to start calling on God. <laughs> thank you thank you thank you we're going to lay hands on the sick and they're going to recover right here today we're going to lay hands on the sick and they are going to recover that's the word of god they will recover they're going to be saved they're going to be helped